0: Ladies and gentlemen, in this corner, from the University of Colorado, 30 years in the ring, fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Dan Kaplan.
1: Hey, and I am so glad to be back. I just wish I was still there. 855-405-8255, the number. That's what you want to be able to say about a trip, Right. Is hey i am so glad to be back who wouldn't be glad to be back here right there's ryan there's kelly you know we're in the studio we get to talk to you thank you for that i mean i love everything about this place grateful to be here every day but the trip we just came off of was so awesome i wish i was still there this just never experienced anything like it in my life and it's a trip we planned for for literally decades amy and i are now in our 30th year together 31st if you consider the engagement period and uh, we'll have our 30th wedding anniversary in about 11 months but we've been planning this trip with the kids for decades and finally went. we went to Africa and we've, we've taken three big trips and we've tried to take these trips to places that that would have some connection to our faith some some spiritual value something beyond just the fun of the trip and they've all been fun right but the three have been to St. Peter's in Rome, and uh, and then we went to the Holy See, we went to Jerusalem, and then this one was to Africa. We went to the Serengeti, and, and I've got to tell you, it was um, a very powerful spiritual experience in and of itself, because uh, I've never been to Africa before, but the Serengeti, just these vast, vast plains, totally undeveloped in uh, Tanzania, and uh, it is, as as we talked about during the trip, this is what it looked like at creation. and And so that that's the end of the speech fine. But just to say that to be out there, in, in the middle of this incredible beauty that went on as far as the eye could see, even when you're up in one of those little planes, they fly around the bush, which is an adventure in and of itself. Uh, as far as the eye can see, you won't see any development of any kind because it's its this enormous national park kept in its original state so ryan even if there had not been a single critter not one Mm -hmm. single beast of any kind it would have been worth the trip just to see that kind of beauty as it has existed since the beginning of time because you know the the old saying the beauty of the creator is seen in the beauty of creation it's just overwhelming to see it all completely undeveloped and literally just the wild animals out there sometimes We saw literally thousands at a time together. I was going to say you saw plenty of those critters, right? Oh, man. But, I mean, we would see, like at one time, we saw probably two or three hundred zebra combined with two or three hundred something else. And, I mean, the whole thing, it was just so, it was, uh, yeah, it was really a profound journey. So, thank you to you and to Christy burton Brown. And John Caldera and Kelly and everybody who did such a great job on the show that I was truly shocked when my key card didn't work. I'd actually made plans between four and six today, assuming my key card would have been turned off. But uh, thanks for
2: doing that great job. You're welcome, Dan. And we're glad to have you back. And uh, you only missed everything, by the right, way. Right. Right. We're sitting in the airport when these Supreme Court decisions come down. Right. Right.
1: And, but I do have to say about that. The airport thing, j- just think about this, okay? We are in a remote part of Africa where where the air travel, these little planes. I mean, we're landing on dirt strips and you're trying to steer around critters on the runway. Like this one landing we had in the Serengeti, there must have been 200 gazelles, uh, you know, just crossing the runway just after we touched down. They have no control over any of that. Wow. But every single flight in Africa ran on time. And, And we had a total of 14 flights in this very long journey. And every U.S. flight except one was screwed up. I mean, like we lost three or four days of the trip because we're taxiing onto the runway at DIA when they cancel the flight because the pilots run out of hours. And that triggered days of canceled and missed flights and everything. So the U.S. side of the system just screwed. Lots of good people. We ran into lots of good people in the U.S. airline system, but the system itself totally screwed. Every single foreign flight
2: on time, ideal clockwork, even these little flights in the bush. So what you're saying is, even though you feel Joe Biden will not be the nominee for president, neither will Pete Buttigieg.
1: Well, what what I'm saying is, look at what's happening in America, you know, where the Democrats are in power. So much of the time, the people who are put in these high positions are put there because of boxes they check rather than competence. I'm pretty darn sure that in Africa, when they were deciding how to run air travel out in the bush that the priority was hey do you know something about planes can you get this thing up in the air on time get it down I mean that this Buttigieg thing the whole Biden administration it's just box checking at the expense of competence and then you have American air travelers paying the price day in and day out and and you know you have all these people and again I'm like we flew Delta and and the Delta people who are there at the airport wonderful people could not say better things about them. They're not responsible for the system, but you've got all these FAA understaffings and everything else that can all be traced right back to Buttigieg and Biden. And so things aren't running the way they should. And I'm not saying the US airlines are perfect. Obviously there's room for improvement. I'm just saying we saw so many people crying at the airport. So many people upset uh, that there are a lot of real life consequences for this political correctness, you know, and this box checking and identity politics you get from the Biden administration, all the opposite of of what Dr. King preached.
2: I have a dream. <laughs> My poor little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream. Today.
1: Yeah, judged by content of character, competence, not what gender somebody wants to sleep with or or not you know what what what's the color of somebody's skin is so what the biden administration the whole left is doing is the opposite of what dr king preached which leads me into a couple things we're going to talk about today first of all first of all i could not have been more wrong about this Uh, about mike johnston you know who was sworn in today as denver mayor and and mike gave this speech it was today at the swearing in that was brilliant in one sense it was 10 minutes which is very very wise very JFK-esque when his inaugural address was very short and very powerful and profound so smart on that substance blew my mind and and we're going to get to that in one second before I do that I do want to promo though Uh, Dave Williams at 436 GOP chair will be with us to talk about this big vote that the GOP Central Committee is taking in early August on whether the, the primary is, whether there's going to be a primary in which independents unaffiliated, to be technically correct, can participate, or whether there's going to be, a, you know, a system where, you know, the candidates are all, the primaries are decided at the GOP convention, you know, by those elected delegates. So Dave will join us at 436, and then Dick Wadhams, who has a, a very uh, powerful piece on this today. You can find it in Colorado Politics. Dick will join us at 506. He's very opposed to this move that Dave Williams is pursuing. So we'll have both gentlemen back to back. Uh, It should be absolutely red hot and fascinating. But anyway, this Mike Johnston business, and I don't care where you are in our audience, where you are in Colorado, et cetera, what he was talking about in his inaugural address today, it will not stay in Denver. It will impact you. I was the guy on air who was saying, hey, Mike Johnston, now, he's going to be so determined to reduce those homeless numbers on the street, show progress right away. He'll go grab the fire hose if he has to to blast people off the street. What did he do today? In this inaugural dress, and keep in mind, it only went 10 minutes. So this was his absolute top priority, and he started with it. His top priority is to actively recruit. He put out the word. Remember, JFK in his inaugural put out the word. Uh, around the world, friend and foe alike. Mike Johnston put out the word across America today to homeless people across America to come to Denver, come to Denver. We will give you a home. I mean, it was totally mind-blowing. So I want to play that sound when we come back and then get your take on why is Mike Johnston, who my humble opinion, running for governor right now, Why is Mike Johnston, why is the entire left trying to attract more homeless to Denver? And there can be no doubt about it when you hear this sound we're going to play at 421. What is their endgame there? You're on the Dan Kaplan Show. I know that I must do what's
0: right. Sure,
3: it's Kevin in general.
0: There's cocaine going
1: into the White House. They've got more cameras than any building probably in the world. It's opposite the Situation Room. I said it the other day, first time, you know, Situation Room, know it very well. Probably the most important room anywhere in the world. That's where war is decided, where nuclear is decided, where everything is decided. They say, oh, gee, we didn't have any cameras. Like hell, they didn't. Wow. Yeah, closing that investigation into the coke found in the West Wing, the area of the West Wing. Not a good look. Eight five five four zero five eight two five five. The number almost as if top brass going out of its way to undermine public confidence in these agencies, which is so disrespectful to... 99.9% of all the people in these agencies, you know, who are doing great work for America. And, and then you get some people at the very top, corrupt in my view, and, and you undermine confidence in the entire operation.
2: So, yes, yeah, shutting it down without any interviews. Give me a break. And Miranda Devine, New York Post, Dan, uh, is reporting through another media agency that the, in fact, did find fingerprints on the mm-hmm. bag of cocaine but that they're keeping that under wraps. And I wonder why. I have no clue. I'm trying to figure out whose cocaine that could possibly be that a white powdery substance would make it through security. It had to be somebody that was probably like a family member or the president who doesn't go under such strict security protocols. Can you narrow yeah. it down from, for <laughs> yeah. me from there yeah. as to whose it well, might be?
1: And your point is correct in that right now, I mean, anybody in America who's paying attention, Right. That they they know they were lied to from the highest levels before Election Day when they were told that the Hunter uh, Biden laptop stuff and the stories, you know, there were all Russian disinformation and, and they see how Hunter Biden skates and now they see this and whether it's his or not. Right. It, it just undermines that confidence. And as a son of a 30 year cop, I just see, hate to see that happen. And, and I hate to see the corruption. And it is corrupt when you cover up Joe Biden's corruption, you cover up Hunter Biden's corruption, et cetera, that that, that does transform you into kind of third world country status at that point. Uh, but hey, let me get back to this Mike Johnston thing for a second and then Dave Williams, GOP chair at 436. You won't wanna miss this. He'll be back to back separate, but back to back with Dick Wadhams on this issue of whether uh, the GOP should do what Dave wants and not have unaffiliated participate in selecting the GOP nominees. Uh, Dave wants to do it, as I understand it, you know, through the convention. And, and Dick wants to do it publicly, everybody voting, Republicans voting, unaffiliated voting. So uh, we will have that kind of back to back debate. Dick has a, a very powerful piece on that published today. I think you can find it on Colorado Politics. So getting back to the inauguration today of the mayor of Denver Mike Johnston. and again no matter where you are in in the state this matters to you because of what he did today and, and because of first right whatever happens in Denver doesn't stay in Denver particularly if it's bad uh, but this today was particularly bad and blew my mind because I thought he'd go the opposite way I thought Mike Johnston coming in would be all about reducing the numbers of homeless here and and cracking down on that But he went the opposite direction today, made it his top priority. The very first thing he addressed of substance in just a 10-minute speech, which was beautifully delivered. You know, it was some of the substance that should have you very worried. But his style, he was eloquent. He was brief, which is always smart. It's the highest form of eloquence. Uh, But this, oh, my goodness. So here is what Mike Johnston led with when he got to substance and and listen to the promise he makes to the homeless hey we will we will get you a home
0: now Denver is ready for a new dream our dream of Denver is that when you land at your lowest without a job or a place to stay shackled by addiction or struggling with mental illness we will not judge you or abandon you we will not give up on you we will get you a home we will get you help we will get you healed
1: Think about this, he just said to homeless all over the nation, we will get you a home. And you can bet in this inaugural address by a very smart guy, very ambitious guy, and I say that in a positive sense, I don't think ambition is negative, it's just a matter of what you do to get where you wanna go, whether it's positive or negative. As I've said on this show repeatedly, clearly he wants to be governor, clearly he's running for governor right now. Uh, The very first part of his 10 minute speech today really had nothing to do with being I guess arguably it could have something to do with being mayor of Denver but it didn't even mention that this was uh, this was an address that a governor or a gubernatorial candidate a president or a presidential candidate would give for the first half then on substance he leads with this he leads with this we will get you a home quote unquote we will get you a home those words were very carefully chosen he could have easily said hey We'll make sure you have temporary housing while you're going through rehab, or, or we'll make sure that you're not out on the street you know, while you're uh, being treated. But he chose very, very carefully, and, and whoever is in his inner circle chose that language, we will get you a home. No, Ryan, I, you know, I always hate to get caught up in these words communism, socialism, whatever because then you can get distracted and derailed by all that. But but this whole promise from the government to homeless around America that that if if you are down on your luck, we will get you a home, that that sounds like some kind of ism.
2: Well, it sounds permanent whereas this help should be temporary and this is where i think is one of the largest areas of disagreement between the left and the right going what he implies there is there will be a permanent dependence on government we're going to get you a home you'll be beholden to us what i see when we talk about a hand up versus a hand out is we're going to give you the power to empower yourself we're going to get you an education we're going to get you a job we're going to get you out of here we're going to get you off of drugs
1: oh yeah and listen even if he had chosen to say temporary even if he had chosen to say, hey, you know, you're down on your luck, this or that. Hey, we'll get you some temporary housing here. That's still an open invitation to people around America. And even if it was just in Colorado, even if he tried to say, oh, no, this was just limited to Colorado people, it would still be as bad because government shouldn't be putting that word out there right, right. To, to the homeless. That, hey, come to Denver. And, and
2: I'm quoting here. We will get you a home. I don't like that at all. But again, that's what makes him, again, a member of the left, and we're not. But how would you strike that balance, though, of showing compassion for the homeless? Because, you know, you and I, we've talked about this many times. You've dealt with your brother who was homeless for a time. Showing that compassion, but not overpromising and and putting out a green light, like you said, for others to come here. That is
1: absolutely easy, right? Because in my brother's case, he became mentally ill and and we were trying to find him all over the country finally found him in a homeless shelter and then got him into a great hospital and housing and everything else but but that's easy i mean we're all children of god right and and if somebody ends up in denver colorado and and they are homeless they're literally out on the streets we have this this obligation this moral obligation but it's also the right thing for society uh, to get them some temporary shelter while they are offered what they need to try to get through that period and that You know is going to depend on the particular need but but at the same time you have to enforce your laws so if people refuse that help or after that help decide to go back and you know go back to that way of life we we can't just let them be out on our streets we have to enforce the laws and then we have some type of of confinement some place you can put them when you have to enforce the law against them, which is also geared to treatment. But the last thing you do is go out and try to recruit more. Why is Mike Johnston, first day on the job, trying to recruit more homeless to Denver? Love your thoughts on that. Dave Williams, GOP Chair, next on The Dan Kaplan Show Six on the Dan Kaplan show, let's go to the VIP line. Welcome Dave Williams to the show. Dave, of course, the chair of the Colorado GOP and uh, kind enough to join us today to talk about this issue that uh, Central Committee is going to vote on for the GOP in a few weeks on whether to continue with this primary process we have now where unaffiliated can participate or to do it a different way where the nominees would be selected at the convention. And Dick Wattams has a piece on this today in the Gazette. Dick will join us at 506. Dick and Dave disagree on this as they do some other things out there. Hey, Dave, thanks for being with us again.
3: You bet, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, uh, tell everybody, if you would, uh, what it is that's being considered here and and what you want to see happen, and we'll take it from
0: there.
3: Sure, you bet. I mean, ultimately, uh, the Central Committee of the Republican Party is going to have to decide if we want to continue having the open primary uh, that everyone has been uh, going through for the past several cycles, or if we essentially want to opt out of the open primary. And the Central Committee is going to vote on um, on that very thing in a, in a few weeks. And the main way to look at it is, essentially, if uh, if we were to opt out, we would choose our nominees through an assembly a caucus and assembly process, and uh, voters would have the ability to uh, join into that process if they wanted to have a more direct say on who our nominees eventually become.
1: yeah, and I'm sure you're aware of of, you know, in this example, Dick Wadham's criticism of that. So regardless of of where the concern comes from, let me lay out a few of those concerns that that I'm sure you've heard a lot about so far. One is that in that process, uh, for starters, you're excluding an awful lot of GOP, registered GOP, from you know that the true direct involvement of being able to cast a vote for who they want the nominee to be, because as a practical matter, how many are going to have the time or ability, or even if they have that, be successful in making it all the way to delegate status. So what's your response to that concern?
3: Well, my response to that is, we have a Republican form of government. And while Dick Wadams and others might not like the fact that the constitution allows for a Republican form of government where a hundred, you know, legislators, for example, are representing 8 million people in that same fashion, the caucus and assembly allows people of all stripes in the Republican party to go and become precinct leaders and delegates. And those people then go on to represent their communities and make the decision just because you may not be able to participate on caucus night doesn't mean that you can not have your neighbor put your name into contention you know the beauty of the caucus is that everyone can participate And it's in line with our Republican, you know, platform and our form of government as outlined by our Constitution.
1: But, boy, Dave, respectfully, I don't see it that way at all, because in the first example you gave, everybody gets to vote on who those legislators are. And you can do it by mail. You can do it in a convenient way, some way that fits a a busy, you know, American lifestyle. Whereas in, in this example of what you're going for here. Uh, people would have to give up a big chunk of time, they'd have to go to the caucus to have any kind of input, right, on who even got to be delegates.
3: Well, well, I mean, if you don't like that example, I can give you that of the Electoral College, right? I mean, we have a system of government where we elect representatives who then go on to make these decisions, and I would simply say that self-governance is not something that's easy, and you know, I again, I get it. It's it's easy to have a, a mail-in ballot go to your, your mailbox and then you vote. But look at what we've given up. We've given up a lot in order to do that, and we keep losing elections. And so while, while you know, others may disagree on this one, we simply can't afford to keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result.
1: Well, and, and let's get to that premise. appreciate that because what you're saying is that if we continue to allow unaffiliateds to participate, our nominees are going to be unelectable people. So it seems to me your premise is that if, if each of the folks the convention chose had been our nominee last time around, they either would have won or it had a better chance of winning. That, that's what you're saying, right?
3: Um, no, I'm not necessarily making that argument. I know it's an argument that Dick would like for me to get in, into because he didn't support Ron Hanks, nor did he support pretty much anyone that came out of that convention. Instead, what I'm suggesting is a freedom of association argument where the Republican Party should be able to choose its own nominees and not be hindered by um, any other person that's not a part of our party, whether you're a Democrat or an unaffiliated voter. But the the benefit of it is that Democrats won't be spending millions of dollars in our primary, which they have done. They did it last cycle, which was is ironic, but they did it last cycle, and they've done it. And prior cycles as well. And I don't I don't understand yeah. for the life of me why anyone would want to allow unaffiliated voters or Democrats having a say in choosing who our standard bearers are. Well, we yeah, had a very
1: may address that briefly, Dave. And, and that is but the Democrats spent the money to try to elect as our nominee uh, people who the convention favored as the nominee. I mean, the Democrats spent millions and millions to try to have Ron Hanks be our nominee.
3: It, it doesn't matter. The principle is still very sound here, Dan. I think you could see that. They spent millions of dollars in our open primaries. And that's a fact. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, these people, you know, the Democrats, they don't care who eventually our nominee is. They're going to spend whatever they can spend and do whatever they're going to do with their friends in the media to disrupt who our nominees are. At the end of the day, we need to ask ourselves, regardless of what the media thinks, regardless of what the Democrats think. Do we want to support a nominee who is going to be faithful to our, to our platform? We had Joe O'Day, who said he would codify Roe versus Wade. That is not in keeping with our, our platform. And if that's the kind of candidate Dick Wadhams wants to put forward, then we're going to continue to lose because we have been losing for the past several cycles with this system.
1: Well, but but O'Day, the O'Day example is really an aberration, right? Because we just, we haven't had a nominee that I can recall who had that terrible position. I I told Joe on air I couldn't vote for him because of that. Uh, But but for example, um, you know, the Democrats also spent money to try to have Greg Lopez be our nominee for governor. So you're thinking that Greg Lopez would have had a better chance to win than Heidi?
3: No, not not necessarily. I mean, there's too many variables to say one thing. And this is why I think Dick Adams gets it wrong all the time. His main thing is Donald Trump is the problem. His main thing is conservatives are the problem. His main thing is if we just moved our party to the left, we would fare better. And that has not been the case. It's failed every single time we've done it. So you can ask Dick. What that's that's where he's coming from. What I'm suggesting is let's be faithful to our platform. And allow only Republicans to choose Republicans.
1: Right. But but in all fairness, and obviously Dick and I are friends and 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 I respect Dick and think he's right about a lot of stuff, including I think he's right on this issue. I respect you for coming on to have the conversation, knowing that I disagree with you on it. But in all fairness, Dick has never said conservatives are the problem. Dick has worked his ass off to elect more conservatives to high office in Colorado than any of us or anybody else in the state. So I think that's very unfair to Dick. You are absolutely correct that Dick has said that, that Donald Trump right now is a problem for all GOP candidates. You're absolutely correct about that. But but just getting back to the process here, Dave, and Dave Williams, kind enough to be with us, the GOP chair, getting back to the process here, in the end, it means in order to keep out the unaffiliated from voting, you have to keep out the GOP uh, registered voters from voting directly. It, it, Aren't you afraid that that's going to alienate a lot of GOP voters, let alone unaffiliated?
3: Well, that's not necessarily the option we'll go down. There is uh, another option to allow uh, voters who are unable to participate in the caucus to allow them an, at another opportunity to vote in person after an ID and registration check has taken place throughout the state. Um, you know, that is uh, something that the uh, party is working on. We'll present it to the Central Committee. And if, the, if that's the only issue, then we'll move mountains to make sure that people have, a, have some sort of option in order to vote. But ultimately, again, you know, it's a Republican form of government. I mean, we're, all, we're ultimately deciding, do we like democracy or do we like a republic? And ultimately, I think we need to go with the republic route.
1: Yeah, and Dave, listen, we're up against a break. You're more than welcome to stay for the next segment, continue this conversation, talk about anything you want to. I don't want to cut you short. Totally up to you.
3: No, no, that's okay. I I do have to run here, but I always appreciate it, Dan, and let me know if there are any other opportunities to talk about this. happy
1: to do so. And i got to tell you, I really appreciate your accessibility because, you know, we we made the call. You came on. I I think that's very stand-up. Appreciate that greatly. Thank you. You bet. Take care that is uh dave williams gop party chair and uh dick wadham's former party chair will join us at 506 with the other side of this argument what do you think about all this you're on the dan kapla show
0: now denver is ready for a new johnston Our dream of Denver is that when you land at your lowest, without a job or a place to stay, shackled by addiction or struggling with mental illness, we will not judge you or abandon you. We will not give up on you. We will get you a home. We will get you you help. We will get you healed. We will
1: get you a home. So explain this one to me. You know, Mike Johnston, really smart guy, accomplished guy. His speech was only 10 minutes long, so every word chosen very carefully. This is his number one promise. It's what he led with in his in his inaugural address today, that the call that that applies to homeless everywhere in America, we will get you a home. So so why is Mike Johnston as his first official act as mayor going out of his way to recruit more homeless to Denver? Or if you want to argue that, oh, no, this only applied to people in Colorado, which, which if he had meant to do that, he would have said that, and he didn't. Why, even if it was just people in Colorado, would he want to put out the call? Hey, come to Denver. If you are homeless, come to Denver, and we will get you home. He didn't say, we'll make sure you have a roof over your head while you get treatment and get back on your feet. We will get you a home. And we've talked about this before, Ryan, on the show. We've, we've talked about the many things that the Democratic Party in Colorado and Democrat leaders in Colorado have done that have the clear effect of attracting more homeless to Denver and to Colorado. So that means they intend this because they're smart people. They have bad ideas, but they're smart people. They, they know what will happen in response to what they say. So why does Mike Johnston want to attract more homeless people to Denver. I'd love your thoughts on that. 855-405-8255. I have some of
2: my own thoughts on that. Uh, Or text Dan
1: 57739.
2: So you don't think that was just an extremely naive oversight that he thought he meant just the homeless in Denver didn't realize that it would be a beacon of light? Like, hey, homeless people from all over America, come here. We'll give you a home. Oh uh, Well, first of all, even if it was, quote,
1: just homeless in Colorado, uh, uh, you know, I mean, he's he's saying in in Denver, we will get you a home if if you end up homeless, we will get you a home. But there's no reason to think that message would be limited to the listening audience in Colorado. Right. Just like when you legalize marijuana, you know, you are going to be attracting more homeless to Colorado. You know that you are going to be creating more homeless. So every word had to be very carefully chosen right this is a guy with great ambition I think he's running for governor right now by the way he's been stiffing us uh, repeatedly right is uh, let's extend another invitation I'd love to get him on the show now and ask him about this and Mike and I have gotten along great over the years he's been on air many times with me I enjoy him I like him uh, but hey listen <laughs> you know I don't I don't know if the reason he's not coming on is because I'm stating the obvious on air this is a guy who's running for governor and maybe he doesn't want to answer those questions because he knows that that i'm going to ask the important questions including when he denies he's running for governor well will you promise people right now that you're not going to run for governor that that you're going to continue in office and not seek the office of governor He, he doesn't want to have to answer that question because i think clearly he is running for governor And there's nothing wrong with that. It's not illegal. It's not a bad thing to be ambitious. But let's just be honest about what's going on here. I don't think you had multiple billionaire backers because they care who the mayor of Denver is. I think they care who the governor is and they care who the senators are and they care about who may show up on the national scene later. And they look at Mike Johnston and they see one of those guys. But uh, let's keep trying to get him on the show. I'd, I'd love to have him explain this one why is your first official act as mayor the very first thing of substance you say to effectively invite the homeless from across america to come to denver with the promise that quote we will get you a home who says that and by the way it's a promise he cannot deliver on he cannot deliver That's on it. That's a
2: bigger point right there yeah
1: he cannot deliver on it let me play this whole thing everything in here is a lie everything in here is a promise he cannot deliver on now you've got great people out there who are, are giving up a, that their lives and their fortunes and everything else to serve the homeless, such as the folks through Catholic Charities and Samaritan House and others. They'll do everything in their power to make it happen. And, and they help some individuals greatly. But Mike Johnston, mayor, city council, this is a lie. They can't deliver on this.
0: Now, Denver is ready for a new dream. Our dream of Denver is that when you land at your lowest, Without a job or a place to stay, shackled by addiction or struggling with mental illness, we will not judge you or abandon you. We will not give up on you. We will get you a home. We will get you help. We will get you healed.
1: They they can't deliver on that. For
0: for everybody
1: who ends up up homeless, okay, we're going to get you a home. They can't promise that. They can't promise that to everybody. Uh, B... Uh, we will get you help yeah they could promise that to everybody that's such a vague term see we will get you healed only the good lord
2: could promise that to anybody well a lot of that healing so, has to come from within as you know with your brother yeah. and i'd know with my father yeah. dan let's just hold him to his own standard by his standard that he just announced right there there should be zero homeless people on yeah. the streets of denver going so, forward and none this,
1: this is a smart guy why does he decide his first official act the first thing of substance he says to to implicitly invite homeless from all over America to Denver with the promise of, we will get you a home, quote unquote. And and then why does he start with an obvious lie? That we will get you a home, which you can't do for everybody who's homeless, and we will get you healed. He knows they can't deliver on that, so why does he decide to start with that? That's what we need to be zeroed in on. What's the end game there? Dick Wadhams after the break on the Dan Kepler Show.